Today on episode 60 of the Home of Play podcast, a big win for Sony's exclusive game Returnal. We learn about a new Sony exclusive game called Lost Soul Aside and our reaction to this week's Sony's state of play. All that and more. Sorry. Let's not hear that intro yet. I'm not ready. It's too late. It's already done. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 60 of the Home of Play podcast. Where every Monday, the now three best friends join forces to give you all the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. Chris responds with hello, hello. With Christopher, we also have the returning 60 frames of Curtis. We should change it to like 120 her like frames now rather than 60, just saying. That's it. You're getting to mode is 60 hertz of Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> the Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. Because of this, that allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by telling a friend. That's right. Spread the word. All the power of the podcast to your friends, family, strangers on the street. Just approach them. Don't worry if they have candy. And then let them know that the Home of Play podcast is available at all their favorite podcast services of choice, such as Amazon, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Every month we're growing, and it's all because your lovely gaming homies helping to spread that cause. And if you have any comments, questions, or complaints, we want to hear from you. Please leave any of those at our email, which is homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com. And then we can respond to your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart impressions from this latest state of play. Did we all watch the state of play? And by we, I mean Chris. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Chris. I'm the one who told you about it. I know. I'm just, it's the <laughs> podcast and I'm talking in a way that addresses the things that happen to the audience because they didn't know about our previous discussions through text messages because they don't all work at our cell providers and all that fun stuff. Anyway, on today's show, we have nine news articles to discuss. But first, as always, let us begin with what we've been doing this last week. And we're going to start with Curtis because you've been absent for a bit. I have been Absence, you are correct. I finally finished Control, because I think I was mentioning that the last time that I was on here. Finished the, finished the main game, finished both the DLCs. I had fun. I want more. You were a proponent for Alan Wake, right? Yeah. Okay, so then the, the second DLC probably meant something for you then. It was, it was a nice... Have you played it, Chris? I haven't played the DLC. Okay, because it actually... The, I played Alan Wakes, yeah. Because it actually brings the whole light and dark aspect into the game. Like, there's... It's uh... it's not a huge thing. It's not the same thing as Alan Wake, where you have to shine the light on the enemies before they're vulnerable. Like, it's nothing fancy like that. Like, you're still fighting the hiss, like, regular. But it... Just for, like, obstacles and such, or you have to find the one bright light source and shine it on some darkness so you can progress. Like, it's kind of cool how they brought that back. Uh, the story is, yeah, in, it's it's there. It's something, but, you know, the gameplay was still fun. So, I was alright with that. Does it add more to the control story, or does it add more to Alan Wake's story, or kind of both? Kind of both. Like, it's... Yeah. uh. 
it's it definitely makes me think that there should be more control coming but we haven't heard anything but even just the alan wake story it's just kind of touching on kind of more the incident because that's kind of how they've been dealing with control they're all worried about the the altered world events and they kind of go back and you don't really relive it but i guess you kind of just see a little bit extra i guess stuff that they didn't really touch on in in alan wake's story so it was it was yeah i guess they're probably trying to i haven't played it so but i'm gonna guess they're trying to you're, they want you to figure out what the cursed object is probably from Alan Wake or mm-hmm. something like that. I'm guessing it's like the book itself or something. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, there's nothing like that. No, there's nothing <laughs> like that? Oh, damn. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That no. would have been good. But then other than that, I've recently... Because, you know, I, I play old games, apparently. Games that have been out for many, many years and I've still not beat them. I'm finally now trying to beat GTA V because I've never oh. done it. <laughs> that one's on my back burner, too. <laughs> so, because I can actually play the game and it runs very well at 144 frames per second, uh, I will actually try to play it. So, I think I've only been playing it a couple days now, but... Yeah, I'm already farther than where I was, so hopefully maybe by the next time I'm on here again, I'll be finished that one. Remember when they opened up that first PS5? Um, I can't remember. It was like a, the first PS5 conference, and it opened with, with the next-gen version, yeah. and everyone's like, everyone got initially excited that, like, GTA 6, oh my god, and it's a no. Sony exclusive. And then it's like, oh no, it's that really old game that came out on PS3 that they some reason think you care about coming to the next-gen console. Uh, so that just kind of made me think of that when Curtis brought that up. Anything else you've been playing, Curtis? I was kind of dabbling in other games, because I... I... There's so many games on the back burner. I tried getting into Crisis Remastered, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel good. It didn't run very well either. Like, it's not very well optimized, even though it got that whole DLSS update for PC. No, it still runs like 30 frames. Um, I can't remember. I, there's a sale going on right now on Steam, so I picked up Little Nightmares 1. But Ooh. I haven't. I just beat that myself. I know. And that's why I was like, "Hey, yeah, this you might you might relate to this." But I haven't actually mm-hmm. played it yet, so that one's on the back burner. But I can't think of anything else I've really done. More so, just watching stuff. Okay, then we're gonna switch off to you, Chris. What have you been doing? So my big one that I played on the weekend weekend was the uh, Naraka Blade Point. Uh, the kind of I guess it's the beta that was on Steam. Freaking love it. Fell in love with it right away. We had a couple buddies that also really liked it. Um, just for anybody that doesn't know what it's about, it's pretty much a battle royale samurai game uh, where you're grappling around the map, you're fighting with swords, muskets, uh, hand cannon type things, and actual cannons, and lots of abilities and talent trees and all that kind of stuff. It's just the combat was really fun. It, was, it runs really well. Uh, there's definitely some things they can improve upon. Um, the talent system, I, I understand it, uh, but it is a little complicated when you're first looking at it. It's like, what are all these numbers? It's just kind of a little confusing, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I haven't actually heard any news of when the game's actually coming out or like what the price is going to be. Uh, but I, if it's less than $40, I'm probably going to get it. Uh, but we'll see uh, what happens. They definitely have a loot box system in there, so they'll definitely be able to make their money on cosmetics alone uh, 
if they want to. Speaking of making money on cosmetics, guess what else happened this week that I read? Sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Uh, apparently, Doom Eternal added paid <laughs> DLC costumes, which they initially already promised would never happen. And Curtis, what's your take on that? Well, I, I wonder if this is kind of similar to the other issue that they had where every season as they have it, they'll have a bunch of unlockable things. And apparently things weren't unlocking for people, so people were getting salty. So is this your alternative? It's like, hey, if you want it, you could just buy it. I mean, I don't personally care. Cosmetics are, you know, if it's optional and it doesn't change the game, uh, typically, me and Chris don't care. I know we got flack from one viewer uh, for Marvel's Avengers because he's like, oh, you guys are flip-flopping this and that. I'm like, no, Avengers was, you know, 18,000 currencies and a costume should not cost $15. Uh, I don't care what that costume does. If it comes, delivers flowers to my house, it does, it's not worth $15. Yeah, it, um, it's not a big deal. Like the only, I got kind of burned by it because I ended up buying the deluxe edition of Doom Eternal, which comes with like the demonic slayer. So he's like, he's on fire and stuff like, oh man, that's cool. Then you realize in games, like, this is actually stupid. Why did I pay for this? I think that's all of us that have ever bought a cosmetic item where, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's weird. I'll, I'll get into my cosmetic woes later, but I'll let Chris continue. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, I was just going to add on to that. The, there was one game, Resident Evil 2, the remake, which was interesting because they had it so that you could pay, I think, $5 or $7 or something, and you could unlock all the in-game unlockables by paying that money. Like oh, I, yeah, I think, right. yeah, there was, I remember seeing the key. It was even in the yeah. summer sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like if you up. didn't, if you weren't good enough to like beat it on S mode on the hardest difficulty to unlock that gun or whatever, then uh, you did have a paid option for it, which I'm honestly, I don't care about. I mean, if you're going to play the game enough and you really like the game, you'll probably get it on its own. But I think that's an interesting alternative to add to a game is if something's don't make it so difficult where it's impossible to get it. Uh, May I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, I don't understand how their trophies work in that game, but would that give you an edge on getting the platinum trophy? Uh, well, it wouldn't give you. There's no achievement to like get all collectible like weapons and costumes and stuff, but it would definitely make it easier, probably, for you to get like an infinite gun that makes it easier to get through it on the hardest difficulty. That, that's a possibility. I thought some of the guns and some of the cheats prevented you from getting trophies. There are certain ones that were like the that. The cheats, were... but, but my question is like if you get like these keys or these other things that make the game easier and faster, then could you essentially use that to your benefit and slowly get through some of those challenges, which gets you the unlimited things? And Well, you know, if you paid curious. for it, then you wouldn't really need to do it, though. That's the thing. But they wouldn't, it, they weren't really, nothing was tied to any trophies. The only thing I could say is if, like, you were really struggling with the game, you could get, like, the, I don't know, whatever gun that's got infinite ammo and get through it really quick. But it's still, it wouldn't help you with some achievements because there were ones where it's, like, get through the whole game without opening up the storage stash, mm. which all the infinite guns were sitting in the storage stash. <laughs> so you couldn't do okay. that. And there was different, like, tr trophies like that. So, it didn't, it would help okay. you, but not a, a lot, a lot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I just didn't understand. I, I couldn't remember how those trophies work. I remember 
they when I looked at them, they seemed so difficult that I'm like, nope, never. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next. None like, of them were that tied to that sort of thing, like unlocking all extra guns yeah. or anything. It was mostly in-game guns, unlocking them and fully upgrading them and all that kind of crap. Yeah, those were kind I of know, like, achievements. Yeah. And I know like Ubisoft's getting always the flack for same thing. They give you a lot of like paid microtransactions for like, oh, you don't really like farming materials oh, to like keep your stuff. And then, you know, then the, the infamous transmog of like, yeah. apparently it's just ridiculous to do transmog there. Not as ridiculous as we talked about um, Destiny. That uh, yeah. that system sounds real fun. People are real thrilled about that. Don't uh, make me pay to get past the grind that you guys purposely put in a game. Mm-hmm. Other than that, uh, did a little bit of Assassin's Creed last night. Um, they released a new patch. I think it was about five gigs. Uh, and my horse is no lo- longer super sne- sneaky stealthy mode. <laughs> they fixed the horse galloping sound effect issue. Oh, nice. So that's been fixed, plus a whole bunch of other quest fixes. I think they're also preparing for a DLC that might be out or might be coming out. I wasn't paying attention too much. Something druid something. Uh, and then the only other big thing was this morning, I woke up and said, hey, I think Returnal's out today. And I purchased it. Ooh, yes. <laughs> so just before we started recording the podcast, I played about two hours of Returnal and I'm enjoying it so far. Awesome. Yeah. Um, started my first run, uh, got to what I think is like a boss. I probably could have beat him, but like he's definitely beatable, but he hits you and it pretty much kills you in like one hit. So I did, that was my first death when I got to that first, I call it boss, but I don't know if it was a boss. It could be a normal guy at some point just, mm-hmm. and then right now I'm on my second run. Um, the game's interesting where it's like, it only really saves your permanent boosts when you die or if you turn the game off. So the, it, with PlayStation, it lets you put it into rest mode to keep continuing your game. But uh, if, the, if the PlayStation, if I have a power outage, I don't know what's going to happen. I might lose certain stuff. I'm not even sure how it uh, determines that. But the gameplay yeah. is pretty fun. Um, there's so much like to watch for. Like when there's an, a couple guys attacking you, shooting blasts of whatever they're shooting. There's so many things on the screen that you're like, oh, I got to dodge and avoid this stuff and hide behind cover. And there's guys teleporting behind you and shit. So... It's, I'm liking it so far. I'm, I'm excited to get into it. I think the roguelike aspect of it might actually keep me interested in it longer than I'm, I was hoping for. So, yeah. I First might be impression, wrong. like it. I might be wrong, but I thought the bosses had health bars on the bottom of the screen. So you'd know if it was a boss. Mm, okay, then it wasn't correct. a boss. It I'm wasn't a boss. Sure, sure, don't quote me on that because, you know, I haven't played it, but I'm just yeah. trying to remember from preview videos. You're probably right. It probably wasn't a boss then. But I, it felt like a moment where it's like the game wanted you to die. It, it, maybe it was just me, but it, he, the guy kills you like almost in like one hit, two hits if you're not full health. So Fantastic. Uh, yeah. But Dark it's Souls. funny. The game, the game warns you when you first turn it on. I was like, this game is meant to be a challenge. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Looking forward to jumping into that a little bit more this week. That's pretty much it for me. Uh, Steve, what have you been playing on PS3? Wow. How, how <laughs> did you know? Why, why did you assume I was playing things on PS3? Couldn't tell you. Were you? 
No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thought maybe you were playing uh, what you called that uh, that prequel game one to uh, the, the series that you like near. Oh, that's. Uh, oh, you're you're being snide because that's actually uh, remade onto the PS4. No, no, no. Did you say there's a game called like Dragon Guard or something? Oh, Dragon Guard. Dragon Guard. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's a weird like. Uh, semi weirdest thing it's like it's one of the many endings and a lot of people thought it was a joke ending where you end up in the future and everything's kind of like fudged and that a concept was just the birth of near apparently um i mean it's really hard to keep up with how they did half this stuff when searching like what's what but yeah i didn't get uh i didn't get that i basically got even deeper like if you believe it's possible into Mortal Kombat. Um, and this is, you know, this is where I'm going to rant the most. Because uh, I don't think a lot of people are aware. I, Me and Chris, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show. But, like, my biggest problem with WB as a whole. I, m- many other games have microtransaction issues, in my opinion. Um, but Mortal Kombat is one of the most egregious ones. It's very aggressive and in your face. I know Ed Boone tries to defend himself all the time be like oh we don't make it that you have to i'm like no no you don't make it that you have to but like my perspective is i bought this game full price well technically i've bought this game twice and i'm like i can't get the content on this thing in normal means it's they make it so hard to get some of the content and i actually am maybe this is a tinfoil hat moment but i'm starting to believe that they're intentionally making things harder to get because they know the characters you play and you enjoy the most. So they try to make that content harder to get. And by that content, I mean like, you know, cosmetics, items for that character. Uh, there's augments you can put on the gear that just seem like they're harder to get as well. And it's weird because like I primarily play Shao Kahn because he's one of my favorite characters. But anyway, there's a crypt in Mortal Kombat and that's where you spend all the gold and blood coins and souls uh in this crypt and it randomly you open up let's say you pay five thousand coins to open up a chest it's random it it talks to the server and then it just like it's luck of the draw right like you don't know what you're getting but it kind of starting to feel like it's not so much that like i said like i'm i spent over (laughs) like probably a mil and a half in that damn thing i've actually almost unlocked every chest in the crypt now and it takes a long time to get this currency like don't get me wrong you got to play quite a bit to get this currency so when you don't end up getting anything you like and there's so much filler and other crap it got worse chris if you can believe that it actually got worse what i found out near the end when you unlock all these chests and you still don't have the stuff that you were hoping you'd get what do you do Oh, well, it turns out there's like an area in the crypt that you can rewind time so you can open up more chests. Basically, you're restoring chests just so you can open them again, which sounds kind of crazy, but whatever. There's more chests you can open, but it's worse than that, Chris. You have to pay coins to get chests back so you can pay to open them again. And I'm guessing the coins aren't aren't in-game currency. No, they are in-game currency, but they're the slowest shit to get. And it already takes forever to, like, acquire this crap. 
And then they actually found a way to make it harder. Like, that's my reward for investing a lot of time. I just, I don't know. That really kind of broke me. That that took out all the fizzle to even try to uh, finish the crypt. I only had one more room to go anyway. And it's like, it sounds like some of the chests in the last room are predetermined ones. So I'm like, well, then I have no hope in getting the things I wanted. And yeah, like basically through how exhausted I sound talking about this, that is how they're trying to get you to pay the real currency to get the cost. Because every day, I can't remember, it's like twice a day. There's like a little, there's few cosmetic things you can just buy. Like it will be randomized. But that incentivizes you to buy those when you see it. Because like, oh shit, that thing's really hard to get otherwise. Yeah. I might as well just buy it. Right. Which means it so, slows, slows your overall progression for everything. Yeah. Because you're spending yeah, more on that. It's so, like I said before, it's just egregious. I've never... You know, it's almost like as many people that are upset about Ubisoft, you know, give Ubisoft some meth and speed and that's boom. That is what MK11 did. Hmm. So I really only had time for that. I touched on, actually, it's funny that you brought up the PS3. I, I lied a little. Uh, <laughs> I played a little bit of Vagrant Story because all those PlayStation 1 classics I picked up. Uh, Dirty Sony tricked me, made me panic. And then I bought all those games. But I'm, I'm actually really happy I did. It's... Uh, it's not one of those things where I'm like upset that I bought the games that I should have probably owned already anyway. Um, so yeah, that was it. That was a simple week for me. Uh, sounds like we got through all our weeks. So we're going to get into the nine news articles that I talked about later. Wait, previously, whichever, what, how, how does time work anymore? <laughs> I haven't slept. I haven't slept in so long. Please help me. Uh, anyway, let's get on to it. Chris, are we ready to just jump into the, the news? news? Starting with article number one. I don't have it open. What is happening? <laughs> Where am I? Where? Who is this? What? Who are we talking to? Okay. Starting with article number one. Thursday state of play impressions. This one comes from us and Destructoid. It's a collab. As detailed in the accompanying PlayStation blog, Rift Apart is making use of haptic inside the PS5's DualSense, as well as the adaptive triggers. Insomniac showcased how one gun fires single shot with half trigger pulls and goes into a full auto when the trigger is pulled all the way down. That's alongside the Rift jumping dimensional chaos that Insomniac has shown off before, which it says utilizes the PS5's SSD. A really cool note in the focus on accessibility options too. Insomniac says there's more to shine in the future, but spotlighting in the state of play is pretty rad. And the early glimpse we saw today reminded me a bit of The Last of Us Part 2's impressive accessibility features uh, that were kind of just jumbling all together. But anyway, we found out or kind of already knew Ratchet & Clank coming out June 11th, 2021 on the and only on the PS5. That's what I get excited about. Kind of like Chris playing Returnal. Also only on the PS5. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I think we all kind of watch this in one way or another. Uh, we'll talk about the other two smaller pieces of news of the state of play. But Chris, are you excited for Ratchet and Clank? It looks really, really good. But... I'm not going to get it because <laughs> I'm just, I'm not at all interested in Ratchet and Clank and I've never been. So the it, best looking game. I have no intention of making it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can make it look like polished, whatever, but uh, it does look like it'll be good. Uh, I, my concerns are like the going between the different realities is more of a, going to be a gimmick than actually like gameplay. Um, every time I see them going between realities, it seems like they're, 
on a track sliding down something or driving a car on a track and jumping between different worlds. Uh, it doesn't look like it's just free roam jumping between realities, but maybe I missed that. I skipped through the video, but yeah, it, it looks really good, but uh, it's just uh, Ratchet and Click's never been something that I've been interested in, and I will continue to feel that. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Curtis? Do you have any familiarity with the Ratchet and Clank series? Only whatever was on PS2. That's, that's about it. Because I know you've, you know, you've dabbled, dabbled, dabbled. wow, um, with, uh, py uh, sorry, Pyro, Spyro, <laughs> Curtis has an addiction to fire, <laughs> um, but uh, Pyro, <laughs> I, I keep saying Pyro, um, yeah, so you like Spyro, I think you've played Crash, I just didn't know if you, like I said, had any experience with Ratchet and Clank. Honestly, it was just watching, like, I never played it, I'm pretty sure I just watched my brother play it. I think it was the same thing with the uh, the Jack and Daxter games as well. Like, I never played them personally, but I know I've watched gameplay. Yeah, I was also not in the know when Ratchet & Clank was making it into the scene. I all the time confused what... Uh, what is it? Jack and Daxter. Dax and Jack, yeah. I always confuse those two as the same thing. I'm like, well, there's something with pointing ears... And both of them, <laughs> I'm like, I assume it's the same. They both like guns, whatever. Uh, but this time, I think it's honestly a major reason I'm thinking of picking this up is I just don't have anything PS5 exclusive to play other than Demon Souls. Uh, I And we can talk about it more later. Like Returnal, I don't think I'll be picking up. But like I said, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so otherwise, yeah, I have nothing PS5 exclusive. I know Horizon, uh, which, what's the next West. one? Is it? Yeah, thank you. I, want, I always want to say uh, Horizon Forbidden Dawn or whatever the hell. I can't remember. Um, it's just, I'm so not interested in anything Horizon. I, I, I never could get through the first one, so I just can't remember the name. I can remember Forspoken, the most random name ever, but I can't, yeah, I can't remember that. Uh, so yeah, I just, I think I'll pick it up. It looks good. Um, it looks like playing a Pixar movie, right? Um, I think, again, me and Chris talked about this off recording, but I'm a little getting tired of the particle effects. I feel like everyone, it's like the buzz word for this generation slash the end of the last generation where everyone's like the particle effects. I'm like, yes, but if I can't tell what the hell is happening on screen, cause everything looks like the 4th of July, that was my problem with Final Fantasy seven remake. I had no idea what the hell cloud was doing half the time. Cause the, the screen was exploding at a constant rate. So hopefully it's not as bad. The rift thing. I agree with you, Chris. I think it seems gimmicky in the sense that like, it's only going to happen when they want you to use it, except, in a couple of those combat where he could jump rift make in the combat. same room. Yeah. Yeah. But like even that scripted to a sense, right? There's yeah. only going to be certain portals, certain locations. Uh, but I could see how that would make the combat fun and fast. And maybe that again, not having ever played one before I could see that making it fun. And like, I'm not sure if it's always been a fast shooter. Uh, the semi open world stuff, like it, it feels scripted. It, it looks you know, like you have a linear path, even though they they portray it like almost looking like an open world. I'm okay with it. I didn't see anything there that's like, oh, I don't want any part in this. It's just I could see why some people 
may not want to jump on ship right away, but I mean, look, that series has enough fans. I don't think it's going to have an issue with sales. Uh, I don't think it's going to go, you know, Somnac's not going under because Chris doesn't get a copy. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see what my impressions are. I think I might be the only one picking it up, but do does anyone know how long that state of play was? I can't even remember. I didn't put it in the notes. Uh, the rift apart, I think was almost 15 minutes itself. That sounds right. And then the other stuff was less than like five. So yeah, yeah, the other stuff was like, yeah, you're right. I don't even think it was five. So yeah, there is a 15 minute video. You can check it out yourself on YouTube uh, and determine how you feel about it. I think one of the three of us is going to be picking up. I do think it's going to be no better than good or sorry, no better than good, <laughs> no less than good. And then we'll jump into the other stuff. The video actually started with the announcement that Among Us is coming to the PlayStation 5. A uh, little text here from Destructoid, the super popular social destruct dis deduction game, sorry, words. Among Us is coming to PlayStation consoles this year as a bonus. Patient PlayStation players are getting some cosmetics when it arrives. Among Us PS4 and PS5 debut will have online and cross-play. But importantly, PS4 and PS5 players will get an exclusive Ratchet and Clank skin, hat, and pet. The pet actually looks pretty cool. Uh, the PlayStation Among Us will also come with all four maps available to play. Uh, after that, or before, I can't remember the order because that was like already two days ago. I mean, it might as well be last year. We got Subnautica Below Zero. I've never played a, a Subnautica. I didn't even know this was a thing. So to have a sequel to something I didn't even know existed before blew my mind. Uh, so anyway, they talked about it. They showed some stuff on it. Interesting first person looking explorer game. I guess I don't know much about it. But in the notes, it says performance mode target. And this is very important. Quotes targeting 60 frames per second. So we'll have to see how that actually comes to. But, uh, and that gotta have it haptic feedback supported on PS5. If you already own a physical or digital version of Subnautica on the first one on PS4, you'll be able to upgrade to the digital PS5 version at no additional cost. The same goes for Subnautica Below Zero when it's launching on May 14th, 2021. Uh, yeah, uh, not the biggest state of play overall, but, you know, they kind of let us know it's Ratchet. Uh, if you don't want Ratchet, probably don't come. Don't play. I played the first Subnautica on PC. Not a lot, though. It's pretty good. It's exploration, researching things, fixing your ship, building it. You can build an underwater base type thing. One of those crafting explore type games like so many others. But this one's all huh. underwater, which is nice. Uh, and then Among Us. I mean, I think the main winner here is that it's going to have crossplay. Uh, I don't know if that means it's specific to just... Is that just PS4, PS5 crossplay, I'm guessing? I they would. I think they usually reference the term cross-gen if it's uh, yeah. between generations. Okay, so you think it's you'd be able to play against PC players and stuff like that? I'm going to hope. I don't know if it'll work with PC players because I... Yeah, I'm not sure how you get the chat, but I for sure that's probably referencing other consoles. Yeah. I'd be, I'll be honest, like, it would be a lot of work to... 10 friends on playstation to coordinate to everybody jump on at the same time pc is just so much easier same with your mobile phone uh getting 10 people together on playstation i don't know that just seems for me that would be harder to do <laughs> so yeah but i mean i'm sure people are excited for it that's for sure mm. okay i say we move on to number two
Resident Evil Village demo playtime has been extended. This one comes from IGN. Take it away, Chris. Following fan outcry over the eight-hour window of the PS5's Resident Evil Village demos, Capcom has extended the final multi-platform demo by a week. Instead of lasting for only 24 hours, Resident Evil's Twitter revealed the new extended final demo will run it from May 1st uh, at X amount of time to May 9th. You can look up the times yourselves. This final <laughs> demo for Resident Evil Village will still only let players uh, play for a total of 60 minutes total between the Village demo and the Castle demo, uh, which were separated by a week for PS5 players in their exclusive first demos. While some took issue with the 30-minute uh, limit for each of the first two demos, the biggest complaint was its eight-hour window of availability. Uh, the demo started at 5 p.m. and add eight hours to that, which is late in the day in North America for most and even later for those in Europe and elsewhere. Woo! That was good stuff from you, Chris, but uh, I got to take it away first, and I'm going to say, uh, I don't like to swear, but fuck the eight-hour window. That screwed me over both weeks in a row. It was super annoying. It made no sense. I don't know how that came like from concept to actually picking that is something to it's do. It's like they're trying to be cute about it or something. I, I like I don't understand like make it 48 hours. That's like uh, the perfect window is 48 hours for people to pl play something. 8 exactly. hours you're just trying to like I don't know. They're trying to it's Re it's Resident Evil 8. It's it's, it's 8 hours. That's they're being I don't fun. Even think I don't even think people would have been happy with 24 hours like you said because you you're helping your buddy move or you you're working that day like i, I don't know but people have i could lies. see that <laughs> yes so i could already see 24 hours being not enough and upsetting people but eight hours and starting that late was ridiculous there's no way i was ever i was home both those days but that's just not my primary play time like curtis i think well i guess you're waiting for the pc demo anyway but, like, I assume you'd be kind of the same boat as me. Like, you weren't going to be able to play that. Oh, yeah. Like, by the time that they release, that's late already. Like, I got to get to bed. I got to get to work early. So, yeah, there's no way I would have been able to even play those. Yeah. I mean, you got to give people at least a weekend. Start it on a Friday. Go to, like, Monday morning or something. That's always yeah, the safe I'm, bet. I'm excited. You know, this starts tomorrow <laughs> again. It starts tomorrow late, so it's kind of it's going to start off salty again. But hey, I have all Sunday to actually try it now, and I'm very excited for that. Curtis is going to be trying it probably Sunday as well, so uh, maybe I can talk to him through the power of the internet, and uh, we can figure out how scared I get and how scared he's not, and uh, we're coordinate with that. Uh, but yeah, I'm I think this is great. I'm happy they listen to people. I'm happy they made some changes. And I think because Chris, I, I, maybe I talked to you about this before. Were you able to try either of these demos? I chose not to because I already know it's it's Resident Evil. I'm going to get it anyway. So okay. I didn't I didn't want to spoil myself for anything. I did play that one tech demo where it's like you walk in the dungeon and you meet yeah. the lady. But that, that was more just to see what the game's looking like and all that. So. I think you convinced me because you, you straight up were like, hey, you baby bastard. Uh, it's <laughs> not that scary. Well, so I told you, it. yeah. There's like, I'm yeah. like, in that tech demo, there was like no jump scares or anything. All, so. all I'm going to say is the castle demo. It, you're not going to like it, Steve. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> That's gonna all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's the thing is like first person shooting like in a horror atmosphere I feel like that's going to be tr like triggering in its own sense 
But then there's the like the exploration scary stuff in the castle that's going to be also the whole next level. So it's there's, there's not going to be a good moment for me. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna open up block on Sunday. You're gonna play it by yourself. You're gonna let me know when you're done, and then I'm gonna stream it, and you can watch me. And then you'll be Basically, like, "Oh wow, I, you're doing great." When I finish the box of diapers, you'll know. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> when you so walk, anyway. when you walk past something just in the vi- environment, and then it's like just a normal piece of a statue or something, and then you walk past it and you turn around and come back, and that same statue somehow scares you <laughs> from that <laughs> angle, you're gonna have a, a rough time, <laughs> and that will happen. So anyway, uh, you know, beyond my nightmares that this game will probably give me. Because I don't know why, but I can't handle scary things. But some reason I'm drawn to them because I'm a, what is, what is the term I always masochist, love? Masochist. masochist. Thank you. You guys know me. So we're going on to number three. Third time's the charm. Funny that I made that number three. Who knew? This one comes from IGN. Take it away, Curtis. Naughty Dog has written a story outlined for The Last of Us Part 3, but isn't making the sequel right now. Creative director Neil Druckmann says he hopes it can one day see the light of day, quote-unquote. Speaking on, speaking on an episode of the Script Apart podcast about the writing of The Last of Us Part 2, Druckmann touched briefly on the possibility of a sequel. This quote from him, I don't know how much I want to reveal, and I did write an outline for a story that we're not making, but I hope one day can see the light. That explores a little bit what happens after this game. We'll see. Druckmann says there's been quite a bit of discussion internally about a part three, but pointed out how much work is involved in making a game like this a reality. These games take so much to make. I've been thinking about it for seven years between when the last game came out and when this came out. You want to make sure you're jazzed by the idea that you have. It feels like it's challenging. That it feels like it's challenging, sorry. We've now had two games that I feel speak to something universal as well as telling a very personal story for these characters. With one game, there's no pattern of what a franchise is. With two games, now there's starting to be a pattern. Now I feel like there are some structural and thematic themes. That's a very weird way to phrase that, but okay. And thematic (laughs) themes, and you'd have to stick to it if you're making a third game. It seems that Naughty Dog is currently exploring what to do next. After we finish one of our big titles, Druckmann explained, we take a long time to explore different ideas, whether it's going to be The Last of Us Part 3, whether it's something new, whether there's some old franchise we want to go back to. I like to fully explore all of those and then look at, like, okay, we have all these ideas in front of us. As a studio, what do we want to commit to? Because it's a huge commitment. Monetary, time, passion, talent. So you have to think about all the opportunity costs that come with that. That's a mouthful. So, are we ready for a part three, guys? No. I'm not in any hurry for a part three. Well, good, because it sounds like you ain't getting anytime <laughs> soon anyway. It's weird to me that Haley Gross and him would, like, spend time to make this new story and all that, but they're, like, it seems like they just feel like they're, it's not going to come to fruition. So it's like... Why did they spend that much time on it if it's not going to exist anytime well, soon, right? It's, maybe it's just to plant the roots to make sure there's something just in case. Y- you look at the draft. You, time to. Yeah. You look at the draft, you lay it all out, and it just says, uh, Ellie dies. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we got the next story, guys. I mean, I might like it more than two then. 
<laughs> but yeah, going into it, like, I don't think we're getting it soon. Obviously for his own reasons saying, I don't know why they keep talking about how it takes so long between games and with, especially the last of us two, I think it apparently took him a real long time. It is weird that they keep talking like, you know, that the, the time between games is so long when really the only one was last was part two. And that didn't seem that long after uncharted four. Right. And let's also like take note that they released what three or four uncharted games on the PS three. I mean, usually it takes like eight years if they're like redoing a whole new engine or something like that. Mm. It could take six to eight years uh, to make a like a, a step up. Um, yeah. But now you already have it. So to me, it's like they, sh- they should be able to pump out a third one in four years. It should t- that should be the standard. I mean, not everyone, depending on your how big your you know company is, but a standard is probably four years to make a game when you already have like a whole engine and everything there. So I, I don't know if it's going to take longer than that to make the third one. Then I, I mean, I know the other cheeky one and the one that I was trying to say before about Curtis might not be up to snuff on it or up to date, I should say, but is. We did hear about The Last of Us 1 remake and the HBO show. So I do think they want to line those two things up because um, I look at it and remember what happened when The Witcher came out on Netflix? Boom. Yes, and Witcher 3 just started selling hotcakes again. I honestly think they might want to try to hit that same with the uh, remake. So then there's no way that you're even going to like think about making A Last of Us Part 3 when you're really going to want to blow that out of yeah. the water, right? I mean, they they don't want people to be paying nineteen ninety nine for the copy of Last of Us. They want them to pay sixty nine ninety nine for a remastered version of it. And then, uh, yeah, so I just don't think, like, that's going to hold up production in general. Then we also don't know if there's going to be, like, you know, they always talk about a new IP. So, like, you know, is that their next big project from them? Is actually a new IP? Is it another... I don't think it's Uncharted. You know, we've already heard about Ben literally being bent over and told they have to do an Uncharted, which uh, it sounds like they kind of got out of. So hopefully that's true. Well, if you didn't know, Steve, there's an Uncharted movie that's being worked on right now. Wouldn't that so, be funny if they wanted to line up a game release with that? Yeah, or maybe like a remake. Can you please make Tom Holland the character model? <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. Hi, Solly. How's it going, bud? Yeah. I don't feel too good, Mr. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Call Stop you... calling Solly Stark. Can I call you dad? <laughs> You're my dad. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I don't know. This, uh, It's weird. It's cool that we have a plot already, but I, you know, don't hold your breath. You're not getting any time soon. And uh, yeah, we still really don't re- know what they're doing now. So I guess all you can do is wait. But we got no time for waiting, so let's go to number four. This one is from a galaxy far, far away. And this is from Game Informer. And we're talking about Star Wars The Fallen Order's next-gen version slash or upgrade. 
Uh, Star Wars Fallen Order is getting an official next-gen version or upgrade, depending on how you look at it. The next-gen upgrade will be kicking off sometime this summer, as confirmed by an official StarWars.com blog post. While an exact date hasn't been given at the time, the free PS4 to PS5 and Xbox One to Xbox Series X or S upgrade will deliver a number of technical improvements to a new generation of gaming consoles. This cross-generational update will be completely free for those who already own the game. This is an additional upgrade from one back in January that boosted frame rates to 60 frames per second and enhanced resolution for all platforms. So this is a smaller article. I don't know. I feel like Chris, I don't remember at all. Curtis, I think was somewhat okay with this. So I had the, uh, whatever it is, the EA pass, whatever it's called. Uh, so I did get to play it a little bit, uh, but I, the pass expired and I didn't want to renew it. So. Uh, I played a good, I don't know, eight hours of it on PC. Uh, I could see myself going back to it on console after this. So uh, maybe what I'll do is just keep an eye out for it to ever go on sale and then buy it and then wait for the uh, this upgrade to come out. So. I feel like I keep hearing it's on sale somewhere for like 70% off. Uh, I can't remember where. But uh, if I see it, I'll try to let you know. I think Curtis, it is though, on sale on uh, the PlayStation, but you still have to have that EA Pass or something for it. Which oh, is, really? Yeah, there's, that'd be weird. You could see on PlayStation Now, there, there's not now, but I'm just PlayStation Now. Um, there are games that are have discounts, but you have to have the EA Pass, whatever it's called. Hmm. I don't like that at all. Curtis, I remember you played this. I think you were higher on this one than I was. So does this incentivize you to go back at all? Well, personally, no, because, you know, I already played it on PC. Yeah. But, no, like, it to me, it was a, it was a one-time game. Like, it might be in maybe a few years. It's one of those kinds of games, but it's, no. It didn't really. seem like a game that would have, like, replayability to me. It was, like, a good one-off story. Well yeah. done. The gameplay but... was, the, the gameplay was fun, but the story, like, once you, once you've seen the story and you know what happened, yeah. it's like, oh, okay. There wasn't any choices or anything either. I think when I when I first started, I actually put it on the highest difficulty. I know it was freaking tough, but that's yeah. that's. I'm like, this is it seems like a one and done game. So those games I usually try to play on the hardest difficulty. So yeah, my interpretation was it was a weird fusion between them trying to be Dark Souls and still Star Wars game, but they wouldn't commit to either. So you know, I had issues where, and I know it's more of a Disney, maybe an EA thing, somewhere in the middle. But where you have a lightsaber, but it feels more like a wiffle ball bat. Yeah. And you couldn't cut things off, which was weird. Uh, combat was fine. Like, I had no issue with combat. That's probably the best part of it. Uh, the platforming worked. There were some times where it felt a little janky, but for the most part, worked. Uh, I like the level exploration. Again, very they took some beats from Dark Souls. But the part that I just felt disconnected, like, with the way the story was going and the progression... I just don't like that meditation and then everything reloads again. And it's just like, okay, you're, I get you're trying to be dark souls here, but like it, it doesn't work in the context here. So I mean, like why, why is when he meditates, does everyone come back to life? I don't understand what the force powers are anymore. <laughs> Luke never had this problem. <laughs> Can you imagine every time he tried to take a little nappy nap while he was sitting up, right? Palpatine just came back. Like that'd be annoying as all hell. Um, but yeah, like the story was fine. You know, it was, you know, it came out in a year that there wasn't too much to enjoy, in my opinion, anyway. So 
it, it stood out to me. I had fun with it. Uh, it had some issues, but overall, it was probably one of the better things to play that year. Uh, and same thing. I, I do echo Curtis's point, though. I, I don't think I jump back for this. I, I don't care that it loads a little faster. It might be a little shinier. I'll just wait for the sequel. Okay, moving on to number five. Lost Souls Aside is no longer lost, apparently. This one comes from Game Informer. Chris. Lost Soul Aside seemed like it was lost in the wind for years now, but the stylish action game created by a single developer is very much alive. Creator Yang Bing shared 18 minutes of brand new footage during a recent Chinese Sony conference, showing off how far the game has come. We also learned that it's also heading to PlayStation 5. If you need some catching up, which we did, uh, Lost Soul Aside first emerged in 2016 and turned heads for its fast-paced action and AAA presentation despite Bing being its sole developer at the time. It was so impressive that Sony stepped in to publish the game, turning Lost Soul Aside into a timed PS4 exclusive. Subsequent gameplay showings over the years continued to impress, and Bing now has a working team working on it called Utilizero, Utilizero? Games. Uh, sorry for the hard cut here. Chris doesn't know how to read, apparently. The team he is working with is called Altazero. Uh, today's footage marks our first real look at the game since August 2018. The reason Lost Soul Aside looks even sharper than you remember it is because it's running on PlayStation 5 in this demo, according to the game's official Twitter account. We wondered if we would make this jump to Sony's current platform, so the confirmation, while unsurprising, is good to have. Not to worry, PS4 owners Lost Soul Aside is still slated to launch on last gen as well. Um, I don't know if you guys both watched this trailer. Steve told me about it actually just before we started <laughs> recording this. So I, I briefly watched it and it, it looks really good. And I like your comparison. It looks like a cross of like Devil May Cry and Final Fantasy 15 together. It really looked pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I, when I saw this, I, I, for some reason, I instantly thought of Curtis. I'm like, this might be a Curtis-ass game, if I've ever seen a Curtis-ass game. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like he enjoys both of those things. So, I, I mean, Curtis is more a first-person shooter, uh, but I do think he might enjoy this. Uh, and honestly, the, me and Chris, too, like, mm -hmm. I think looking at... I, I'm willing to give this a try. The, the video was very impressive. It looks pretty. The only thing I could say that I didn't enjoy was just, uh, I thought the anim animation was a little weird when he's on his little skateboard there, his floating yeah. skateboard. There's parts uh, where it, the animation looks really good, and then other times, and I don't want to say it's bad. It just doesn't look right. Yes. So, But, it, but you know, everything else was so impressive that I'm yeah. willing to, you know, oh, yeah. kind of, I'm... I'm interested to see more. I think we always say that because it's our safe little bet. But um, I, I would be willing to pick this up if I just knew a little bit more. I, I'd have to see a, a, someone playing it. But uh, for I, I totally forgot about this. I, I didn't even realize it was a PlayStation exclusive. But uh, I, yeah, I'm excited to see more for yep, sure. Me too. And Curtis, I assume you didn't have time to check this out yet. I didn't. I also didn't even know about it before. Like even when it was announced, apparently, like it's the name eludes me. So. No, and I feel like that was everyone's impression. It just came out of nowhere again, and it really kind of caught the internet and set it on a blaze because mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, shit, this thing. Like, I totally forgot. Um, so, yeah, we don't have to trail on that anymore. I say we move on to number six. Uh, this one's going to be a fun one. Returnal's reviews are out, and it's looking good for PlayStation fans. 
Uh, this one's sourced by me. <laughs> as a recording, as of recording today, House Marquis' return on sitting at an 86 on Metacritic after 85 critic reviews were posted. Uh, Chris, I think you're, you said you were already enjoying this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think you kind of echoed what a lot of these people are saying. Mm-hmm. It's looking really good for Sony right now. It's a, we have a PS five exclusive game finally, and not yeah. PS four, PS five, cross gen, this and that, like we get an actual solid PS five only game gives you a reason to own the console, a reason to play the console. Uh, so congrats. I'm happy for everyone. I, you know, I, like I was saying previously in the show, I don't think I'm getting this one and it has nothing to do with me hating on it. I straight up saw what this game is about. I've heard people, and this is a quote that stuck with me is one guy said, this game's hella hard and took wine down. This guy plays dark souls and he thinks this game's hard. So right away, I'm like, okay, don't get this. It's just going to make you upset. <laughs> I am an adult ass man. I don't get a lot of time in my week. You know, there I have a, responsibilities here there multiple jobs i just don't have time to keep dying in a game and the other thing that scared me i think chris you already touched on it is that there's no save feature so an average run apparently runs 90 minutes i just don't have time like yeah you could probably put your console and rest and be fine but overall it just seems a little daunting for me so i'm gonna pass on it though i wish it well i hope it does good i think the only other thing i'd want to touch on and ask you guys though is do you think there's going to be an issue with an arcade-style game from a company that traditionally does indie arcade games? Do you think it's a little much asking for that new next-gen price tag? That was the concerning part when I purchased it this morning. I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, this is an $89.99 one? I'm like, I don't know. But I'm like, you know what? I, I, I did what you were saying about Rift Apart. I'm like, we need PlayStation 5 exclusive games uh so i bought it and i didn't look back so far like i said (laughs) uh it's only been a couple hours of gameplay but i'm already liking what i'm seeing so in my head i've already i think i can justify that i'll get my value out of it so Mm -hmm. and curtis are you much aware of returnal and does it interest you it 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 does only because the sense of like i've played games like hades the whole uh Rogue. Oh god, yeah, that's roguelike games. I it, it the the only thing that would yeah actually deter me is the price point. But bottom line, it depends on how much actual content is in the game. It's not because you know you can replay the game as many times as you want. That's fine. But if there's only the same things you're doing, like might only take you what if you're saying yeah, an average run is ninety minutes. Okay, so you see ninety minutes of content and you could play it multiple times. That to me is not worth eighty nine ninety nine, and that's that's the biggest issue. Is if there's actually stuff to do, then yeah, I might eventually one day check it out when I inevitably get a PS five. But I don't know. It's kind of one of those things too that I can just play other games that are like it for cheaper. And that's my issue. Is I think there's a lot of people that are going to step into this uh, with my mindset of like, okay. I want to support you. You're you're trying something new. Sony supported you, which is great. Uh, you're allowed to make your... I mean, I guess it's debatable. I know people have loved their previous stuff. Super Stardust. Uh, oh, Resogun? Was that the other one? Yeah. And uh, people really like those. They're, those aren't games for me. I did play Resogun. Again, when the PS4 originally came out, there's nothing to play for it. So I think out of desperation, I played it. Uh, 
but yeah, like playing those previous games, I was just like, ooh, like this is a big ask. And I I think there's going to be a lot of people like me that aren't ready to make that kind of commitment to something new like this and something so niche. Like it, it's, you know, a daunting task to ask me to spend that much money on something that's a new and yeah, like a road like a rogue light. And I just I'm, I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Uh, hopefully it doesn't affect it. I do want this game to succeed. I think Sony needs pro IPs like this that are unique and stand out ish, but, uh, let's carry on to the next, uh, article seven, but kind of touches on the same topic. We are already discussing a love letter to Sony. And this one comes from VGC. Sony is a longtime backer of House Marquee, having now worked on nine games with the Finnish studio stretching back in 2007's Super Stardust, Stardust HD. Regardless, CEO and co-founder Ilari, I'm going to go with that, Kutitin, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, claimed in a letter published on Thursday, the eve of Returnal's release, that agreeing to fund its latest project was a very risky proposition for Sony and praised the PlayStation firm for backing its project. House Marquis CEO wrote, we wanted to take on the challenge to figure out how we could translate our RK2D gameplay experience into a third-person action game. On the other hand, it was still very uncertain if we'd be able to move past the prototype phase and convince Sony to keep on funding a new, unproved concept. Ooh, the concept was ridiculously ambitious, and looking back, as we <clears throat> back, we as a company really weren't totally appreciating the challenge ahead of us and how hard it could be to tackle it. He added, "In the age when game publishers are taking less and less creative risks, we're truly thankful to our publishing partner Sony, who has given us the opportunity to work on something very risky and has given fantastic support during the whole project. We are forever grateful for having this opportunity." Uh great. I I love everything I'm reading there. It's, you know, it's we talked about a week or two ago Sony only wanting big blockbusters. We don't want to take risks. But then we get a game like this that tells me that, like, I think people overreacted reading that. I think Sony wants its Last of Us 2s and its God of Wars. But, you know, we're getting this. We talked about um, the new publisher. Like, you know, they've got two new partnerships. In the last two weeks, we've announced one each. Um, Firewalk, I think, was the the last one with the Destiny people. Uh, I think they're still taking risks. And I, you know... I commend them for this and it, it looks like it's going to pay off for them. Hopefully it does. Hmm. I don't like, I don't think there's much to really talk about this guys. It, you know, I I'm going to go on the next article. We're running late on time, but do you guys have anything quick to say before I carry on? I just want to say I'm impressed with house Mar marquee on this one already. Just in the brief time I've played it. Uh, you look at a game like super stardust and Resogun; Those are fairly action. Just shoot them up type arcade style games this is very much different from that experience so i just want to commend them on that oh and the first time they had to introduce a, a compelling story too, yeah right yeah so yeah it's definitely it was uh it's a task i imagine so we're gonna move on to second last article of the day number eight crash and burn this one comes from ign curtis original story here Toys for Bob, the developer for Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, has been assigned to support development on Call of Duty Warzone and seems to have suffered layoffs as a result. The studio, which was acquired by Activision in 2005, announced the news on Twitter saying, Toys for Bob is proud to support development for Season 3 of Call of Duty Warzone and look forward to more to come. 
It's a somewhat surprising move for a studio traditionally focused on games for younger audiences, and as Eurogamer points out, appears to have come with a number of staff exits, both voluntary and involuntary. Character designer Nicholas Cole explained that he's left the studio, adding that everyone I interfaced with and worked along was let go. Crash 4 art director Josh Nadelberg and game designer Blake Malouf have also left the company. And we have an update as well here. Activision Blizzard has shared a statement with IGN denying that the company has undergone layoffs. There has not been a reduction in personnel recently at the studio, said a company spokesman. The development team is operating fully and has a number of full-time job openings at this time. The studio is excited to continue supporting Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and more recently provide additional development support to Call of Duty Warzone. That's, uh, that is disappointing news. Uh, probably the biggest disappointing news. I feel like that probably means we're not going to get uh, another crash. They're probably, well, it's hard to say. I mean, they're definitely shifting their focus, which is maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. Um, I really enjoyed the, the one that they redid the, the, the three Spyro games. I thought they did a really good job of combining those games together and boosting them. So, uh, I know they're definitely about producing quality, so thing is is if they're if they're not working on anything then they need to do something there's no guarantee that there's not going to be another crash bandicoot at all but if they're not busy yeah work on call of duty or something else well for my like i don't know i have a thing with activision so (laughs) i I inherently go to the negative i look at this and i think this is their job now uh you know they've had other uh, studios move and it seems like that's all they do. It's Warzone all the time. They're making stupid amounts of money with Warzone, so I get it. But it's just disappointing to take a studio that's good at doing something else that could have, you know, given you other IPs and so on and so forth. And now they're just, you know, helping with Warzone and keeping it new content, keeping the microtransactions coming, keeping the money flooding in. And I guess the other, like, thing we can dis- dis- wow discuss as well is like it's a he says she says thing yeah of, are the people getting laid off on top of this yeah. that's the which thing. then again confirms my don't expect another crash or at least from this team it's bad when our impression of activision and blizzard we hear this and we're like yeah they're lying <laughs> like yeah. yeah they laid people off like i believe a random person from a studio more than i believe activision blizzard right now so uh, and then them just saying oh we have openings job openings so it's like mm. yeah, i mean it's like, possible they just all left and they <laughs> yeah, just that was probably to go those different directions, voluntary but. quits yeah voluntary oh yeah i mean and that's the thing too is like you know we had the same issue with sony sony ben all those guys left because they didn't want to work on the uncharted game so you're right it could be voluntary i, I don't know it's just i think chris kind of nailed it it's just you read anything from activision lately and it's never great. You know, I didn't put it in our news this week, but even another article we got uh, on VGC, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick uh, agrees to have half salary, but still could earn more. <laughs> you know, like they talk about how he's cutting his salary and his bonuses, but with the terms and how much they're projecting to make, he, he might still just make more. And it just sucks to think like, you know, he's making more money while they're still doing potential layoffs and you know slighting all these different people it's uh 
Not a good time. Not a good time. Not great decisions coming out from them. It's very money focused. I get it. They are a company, but you know, even EA makes like and backs. It takes two. <laughs> you know, like he, he, I don't know when EA starts looking more creative and risky. Uh, I don't know how to feel. God help me. Ah, uh, so let's get on to our last news article of the day. Our another disappointing and depressing one. Uh, but a small one nonetheless. Number nine, bad decisions lead to big payout. This one comes from IGN. Chris, do you want to take our final article? The CEOs and other board members at CD Projekt are set to receive big multi-million dollar bonuses this year, despite the difficult and problem-filled launch of Cyberpunk 2077. CD Projekt's co-CEOs Marcin and Adam are each set to get an end-of-year bonus of $24 million uh, which is approximately 6.3 million US, according to the company's annual report. Meanwhile, CD Projekt board member and director of C- Cyberpunk 2077, Adam uh, Badowski, is to be awarded 4.2 million in bonuses. Talking to Bloomberg, some employees revealed that they were expected to receive between five to 9,000 in bonuses. More senior staff could get closer to 20,000. These do uh, naturally pale in comparison to the multi-million dollar figures assigned to the board. Uh, These kinds of figures are to be expected from a corporation, uh, but they are called into question in the wake of CD Projekt's disastrous launch of Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, The game in development for years and eagerly awaited by fans launched in a horribly buggy state uh, that was considered near unplayable on PlayStation 4. Uh, That led to a reported 30,000 refunds Uh, and Cyberpunk 2077 being removed from sale on the PlayStation Store. Uh, Just to add, we know it's definitely way more than 30,000 refunds. That's just the official uh, refunds that they got from that refund program that they ran. It's surprising that IGN still hasn't identified that that was uh, just trickery of words. Goddamn wizards (laughs) of the words. You're a wizard, Harry, and you can lie to people about numbers. I mean, but, uh, not not like this isn't unexpected either, though, because the game we know still made good money. Um, yeah, I can't remember if it was. I thought they said 13 million US yeah. or something like that. So to me, this isn't. Oh no, that, that was 13 million copies. Yeah. My bad. Is it deserved? No, but I never think it is when it comes to CEOs and their bonuses. But uh, is it deserved? No. Is it unexpected? Uh, it's 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 kind of expected (laughs) it's expected um you know what before i say my take curtis what do you have to say deep sigh that's what i have to say (laughs) he's emoting basically it's just it's weird like i 100 percent understand that your company and you know these payouts are in their contracts ahead of time but i i mean maybe this is something they can look at in the future but like when you do bad things that are bad for your developers they're bad for the company like there needs to be a, another in, incentive to not make these terrible decisions as well so just like you can be you know rewarded for you know taking the company in a positive direction i think there should be consequences and maybe you don't get these bonuses uh or half the bonuses or something like I feel like they need to, and it's not going to happen. I get it. It's capitalism, but like some of these bonuses should have been like doubled down rewarded to the developers, the people on the floor, because they're not getting as big of bonuses because their game's not on freaking PlayStation. Yeah. The ones who basically said, oh yeah, this thing, trust us. It's not working. 
they should be the ones because they have to fix it to actually get something, yeah. some sort of recognition rather than the board that says, oh yeah, we're, we're good. Just release it. It's fine. And then realize yeah, and it's just, dog shit. <laughs> well, and I just don't think like, this isn't going to help give me the impression that the board learned and they're not going to do the same crap the next time. I don't know. You guys have any final thoughts before we close out? Uh, sorry, guys. I'm just uh, filling out my application to become a board member. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, like, you can gonna... make bad, horrible decisions and still get r ridiculous bonuses. So, yeah, that if you can't get there, I just put in another one for Activision. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Bobby if he feels like retiring yet. Uh, so we're done with all our news articles uh, in a not so timely fashion that we're used to running a little late. That's why we had to speed it up. I apologize for that. Uh, so we're just going to jump into homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time, like I was just saying. So we, you know, give you a few articles that we just didn't have time for. And then you can look them up on your own time, educate yourselves. And we all have a good time doing that. So we'll start with number one, new PlayStation 5 system update tackles system performance. This one came from VGC. And uh, yeah, your, your uh, PS5 should run a little better, apparently. But nobody knows how. Uh, also, Cyberpunk 2077 gets its third update in a month. That one's from IGN, and apparently that was another big old update. Took old some hard drive space that you already didn't have, so congrats for that. Uh, Chris, you want to take the next two? Sony says it's unlikely PS5 supplies will drastically improve this year. Uh, this one comes from G VGC, and we've heard that kind of before, but... Um, one article I want to point out that we didn't talk about that's I'd like to add on to here. Uh, the little big planet whole crap load of crap that's going on right now i know we mentioned it a couple months ago where i said i turned the game on and it's not connecting to servers i've been seeing articles on pretty much every website talking about it uh definitely go take a look at it it just looks like honestly they're they've given up and they don't really want to. It's, it's so funny uh definitely look it up and you can literally find it on any website Chris just needs so many more trophies and that game not working is keeping his trophies away you bastards Sony reports 7.8 million PS5s uh, have been shipped in PlayStation's best year ever. Uh, you can find more about that on VGC, but that's pretty much the synopsis. And, you know, ship basically means sold because of scalpers and yeah. sellouts everywhere. So, you know, congratulations to you and uh, suck it, Switch. <laughs> Creritus, do you want to take the last two? Resident Evil Reverse has been delayed to summer 2021. That's coming from IGN, so... Oh, no. Yeah, if you're <laughs> hoping to get that in May, <laughs> suck it. I don't even want Resident Evil 8 anymore. Because <laughs> we all know the real game was Reverse. <laughs> the game nobody knew about, nobody asked for, and nobody really, like, cared about is delayed. I'm still... I'm still baffled that like they showed it with that stupid comic filter yeah. and only later after complaints, they're like, oh, that's just a filter you could turn off. I'm like, why would you, you show, show it with it, it on? It. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did you get jealous of like, uh, what's that, um, that shooter game? Borderlands. Yeah. Like, were you jealous of Borderlands success? <laughs> like, and you thought it was only because of cell shading? Like, ah. Anyway, last one, sorry. May's PlayStation Plus games include Battlefield 5, and you find that on VGC as well. Uh, in addition yeah. to that, uh, you'll have access to Wreckfest Drive Hard on PS5. Highly recommended. I have on PC. Wreck. Great Destruction Derby game. Wreckfest. Uh, as well as the Stranded Deep game for PS4. Uh, so be, those will be the new games that are coming out, I guess, next Tuesday? 
Uh, so make sure if you haven't already, add the current games for this month, which was Odd World, Soulstorm, Days Gone, and Zombie Army Four: Dead War. Yeah, another meh month, but you know we actually had two good ones in a row, so I'm not going to complain too much. It sounds like we're doing better than Games with Gold, so ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what can I say? Uh, so yeah, we finished the show in the not so timely manner that we're used to. So thanks everyone for joining again. We appreciate you just giving us any of your time because your time is your most valuable currency. So it means a lot to us. And until next week, next Monday, we will see you again. Goodbye. Bye, Bye. guys. Bye. No, this meat's not going to beat itself. I need to get to bed. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris. Picked that up quick. His face changed so fast. It was aggressive. I like it. You're on it, Chris. You're on it today. Yeah, well, basically, we talked about this. I don't know if Curtis was... Oh, fucking Christ. Coda! Hey! Yeah.